So we're talking about the strategies employed by the Marxists these days and how they're absolutely 100% deliberate and organized. And you'd think the media would get this, but they're willfully ignoring it. But we talked about how uh, a dis- you want to put your opponents in a decision dilemma where they have no good options. A, a good uh, example of that might be hurling chunks of concrete at cops. They have two choices because they can't just stand there and get pummeled and injured. They can either retreat, which makes you win the straights and look like heroes, or they can uh, break up the rally, and which brings us to the next point. But so remember the de- decision dilemma. Dilemma. The strategy is paired with the real action is your target's reaction. You want to use someone's reactions to your protest against them, like blocking a road. If the police arrest you, play the martyr. If they don't, you now control the road. Some highlights from one of their guiding websites here. Um, and they mentioned that uh, uh, during a march in India in 1930, the Indian independence activists famously kept walking unarmed into the brutal blows of British police. Importantly, the press were there. Activists made sure of it. Organizer Saul Alinsky later coined the term political jujitsu to describe actions like this. When applying this principle, it's important to understand that you just... You can't just hope the target reacts in a way that spotlights the injustice. Whenever possible, plan for your target's reaction, encourage them, and incorporate them into the action. If it doesn't work the first time, adjust and try again. Uh, A good way to ensure you get a strategically useful reaction from your target is to force them into a decision dilemma, which we just talked about, where all of their available options play to your advantage. Contrary to popular belief, when one of the big boys threatens you... uh, well, now they're talking about uh, a companies, dealing with the companies. You should celebrate. You're the David to the Goliath. Now you have the upper hand. Take the best quotes, weave them into a press release, and voila, you've cast them into your play. Uh, let's see. Whoops. Oh, man. I went the wrong direction. Sorry. Hang on. Stand by. Okay. So you force them to react in a way that will look good to you. These two strategies are used hand-in-hand to create create actions which activists can turn to their advantage. When they do this correctly, they can create imagery that paints them as the underdogs, even when they are the aggressors. It's social and political jujitsu. Much of this is performative, but not in a look-good-to-your-peers kind of way. The principle is play to the audience that isn't there. Activists try to create actions that look a certain way to the audience on YouTube or watching the news. Again, to their instruction book, when you're pulling off a prank or staging some kind of media spectacle, it's important to keep in mind that those you're directly confronting are often not your main audience. The idea is that's a good that's a good one. Yeah. The idea is to use the immediate audience as unwitting actors in a theater piece that is being performed for a secondary audience. That secondary audience is comprised of film goers or YouTube viewers or TV watchers or press release readers. And they're the ones you care most about. Design your intervention with them in mind. With most strikes or sit-ins, the key audience is the actual target, a CEO or public official, and your aim is to disrupt business as usual and exact a cost that will pressure pressure your target to exceed to your demands. Oh, let's see. And then there's the idea of uh, writing them into your script um, and, and know how. Be care- play, please pay careful attention to this. Activists want to look like they are trying to change the minds of the people they protest against. But that's just for show. They see their targets as unrepentant evildoers that are just props in the drama they are staging. Again, to the instruction book. 
Sometimes activists think they're out to change the minds of bankers, CEOs, or others they're ostensibly targeting. It's one thing to pretend you're out to change their minds in order to stage a theatrically effective action. That is often necessary, but it's another thing to believe it yourself. The idea that you can change evildoers' minds by gathering en masse outside their stronghold is not exactly supported by the historical record. Instead, think of your target and your immediate audience as unwitting actors in the theater piece you're concocting for another audience they're not even aware of. This next strategy is self-explanatory. Okay, Do- so the, okay. so when you're marching outside a building, whatever, um, uh, take the Occupy Wall Street thing. When they're outside some bank, they're not. They they act like they're trying to change the mind of the bank, mm-hmm. but what they're trying to do is change the, the 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 political climate for the whole country. Right. That puts pressure on the bank to react a certain way. Okay, right. that makes sense. And when they're burning a police precinct, which happened, I think it was Sunday night in Portland. Uh, it's not to convince the cops they ought to be nicer to black people. It's to draw a reaction that then is super dramatic and makes them look like um, the victims and not the aggressors. Uh, the next strategy is self-explanatory. Do the media's work for them. This is where activists make sure press releases and film footage that make them look good get into the hands of sympathetic journalists. This explains a lot of what goes on TV. Uh, make the journalist's job as simple as possible. Provide them with what they need. Then they kind of you know restate that. But afterwards, just don't post your stuff on Flickr and YouTube and hope for the best. Instead, have a plan for getting those visuals, visuals out to the media. When Agitpop carried out the public option anti-guerrilla musical, they did a lightning edit of their footage immediately after the action, got it out to key outlets within the day's news cycle. MSNBC, CNN, and Comedy Central all built stories around the footage. Well, that's, well, that's just like having a good PR marketing person at your business. Yep, yep. Have you heard about... The Wall of Moms in sure, Portland of course. got huge pressure. Why they did that and how they did that is so interesting. We'll have that for you right after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, which is the best option for protecting your home in these nuts times. Yes, it is less expensive. Yes, it is easier and simpler. It's also better. Well, you can set it up yourself in under an hour. You order. Uh, the Simply Safe system comes to your house, and no technician there, no salesperson at your house. You peel and stick the sensors where you need them, and you've got the best overall home security of 2020, according to U.S. News and World Report. It's about $15 a month. You're not locked into a long contract like you are with most of these things, and it's simple enough to use. So many security systems are too complicated, too many menus to scroll through. You don't even use the darn thing. And it's professional monitoring. Keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, medical professionals if there's an emergency. So try it. Risk-free, 60-day risk-free trial with free shipping at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Look at the reviews. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So, all right, there's been a lot of sympathetic coverage in media. Much of it revolves around the so-called wall of moms. The media story is that these moms are acting to protect the protesters from vicious police. However, this is just another strategy from the same activist playbook. And that strategy is to lead with sympathetic characters. It's exactly what it sounds like. They put sympathetic people out front to garner sympathy and create the appearance of underdogs fighting an uphill battle against powerful interests. And this is straight from the uh, militant left website. Assemble a compelling cast of characters. It's a critical strategic consideration for any action designer. Action designer. Wait a minute. These are spontaneous, mostly peaceful protests. 
No, they actually use the term action designer. Successful actions are often those that present strong protagonists and other sympathetic characters. It's important to ensure that the faces of the action are not just representative of the relevant impacted community, but also are easily recognizable to outsiders as the key characters in the story. This can come down to the crude but important dynamics of costuming. A single religious leader wearing religious sacraments will communicate that people of faith are involved in the action better than 20 religious leaders wearing jeans and sweatshirts. And the dynamics of who gets to speak, how the characters are portrayed, and who is cast as the heroes, victims, and villains are deeply entwined in the dynamics of power and privilege. This, it's, I tell you what, it is smart, but it is all so premeditated. You know, I'm gonna, we're going to retweet this, um, and, and it's at armstrongandgetty.com, and, and you need to send it to everybody in the media you know. But there are a couple more details that are worth knowing. The protesters have a highly developed theory of protest optics. They understand videos can be sliced and diced to tell a certain story, so the story that resonates with most people wins. So they're intentional in trying to create moments on video that can go viral. That isn't to say that they also aren't intentional on doing damage. They are. The book Black Block, White Riot, Anti-Globalization, and the Genealogy of Dissent by author A.K. Thompson is the starting place for their theory of what counts as violence and when violence is justified. Um, here is Alex Hundert writing, uh, defending a diversity of tactics, which is a euphemism for allowing violence and protests. Hundert explicitly states a commitment to nonviolence is dogmatic and stifles debate about which tactics to use. So it goes into some detail about how violence is useful and you ought to use it. So the violence is intentional. Where the wall of moms is meant to win hearts, the black block is there to intimidate. If police react to the violence with arrests, the wall of moms is there so protesters can claim the police attacked moms. You see how the game works? What I want you to get from that, from this is that none of what you are seeing is happening spontaneously. These are high-level tactics that are given to people supported by a well-organized protest infrastructure. Where do you think all the people making the shields comes from? These radical protesters have organized an infrastructure to, in their words, disrupt, dismantle, and deconstruct your society. I don't want to scare any of you. I just want you to know what's happening because you can't push back against what you don't understand. Wow, that's interesting. Brilliant. Armstrong and Getty.